Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. As we go into this holiday season, I've been doing a, a, ser- a sermon on Sunday talking about fear not. And what I've been talking about is I've been looking at the narrative of uh, that night uh, whenever Jesus came into the world. And before he did, an angel went to three different people, visited three different people, and told them, fear not, because something powerful, something special was going to happen. Uh, visited Joseph, told Joseph, don't worry about what has happened, because what has happened is of God. Don't fear it, for I am with you. Went to a little teenage girl named Mary and said, you are highly favored, Lord, fear not, for you will give birth to a child His name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Uh, Today, I want to share with you the final part of this series all about how we are not to fear. And this story comes to an angel that visited some shepherds out in a field. They were taking care of them, their sheep. They were doing their job. They were on uh, vigilant watch. And an angel comes and says, fear not, for born today in the city of David is the Savior of the world. And so this began a a thought in my head about what does it mean uh, whenever we worry about or when we're fearful about where we stand with God, where we stand with God. I know growing up, I don't know about you, but uh, me growing up, I was what they call a little bit of a handful child, a little bit. I was a mischievous child. I got into everything there was. I believed that there were the rules, and the rules needed to be tested. Um, and so I would test the rules, and I would come to consequences. And I was a, I was a bit mischievous. I always was, was thinking about uh, how to have fun and how to push the envelope. And uh, my parents had a hard time raising me in that way. But I remember before I would go to bed at night, I would start to have this fear about where I stood with God because I knew what I had done that day, right? And then my parents, because they're so loving and kind, they teach me this amazing prayer before I go to sleep. It says, now I lay me down to sleep. You all know it. I pray the Lord my soul to. If I should what? Before I wake, I pray the Lord my to take. I mean, talk about it. And then they would say, good night, Kevin. And I'm sitting there going. The greatest fear of my life, you just said, if you die tonight, Kevin, you better hope Jesus takes you. Right? I mean, what a scary prayer. And then they leave the room, and I lay there with the covers going, Jesus, don't take me tonight, please. I'm not ready. I don't know where I stand right? And so I know in my own personal life, uh, I always had this kind of fear about where I stood with God and was I in good standings. If I were to die before I wake, would he take my soul or would I find my soul someplace else? And so, you know, I would try to do good things. I would try to be a better person. I would try to make better choices. In the fourth grade, I even created my own gang, Uh, I've talked about it, called the Do-Gooder Gang. That's right. We did good, not evil. We did good. 
We would break up fights in the playground by going and narking on people. We were the best friends of everybody in the school. All trying to figure out a way to make things right between me and God. Because I would do bad things and I would feel bad about the bad things. And God, if you came or if you take my life, I don't know where I would be. And so today I want to talk about and I want to use the story of the shepherds to kind of illustrate that they were in the same boat that I was in and many of you are in today. The shepherds were a different kind of people, different kind of breed, but God saw something special in them and that's why he delivered this message. So if you have your Bibles or if you have your programs, look on the back, I have uh, the verses there for you. Luke chapter two, verse eight through 11 says this, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were what? Say it with me. They were what? They were scared. They were fearful. Why? Because they knew where they stood, but they didn't understand what was going on. It says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid or fear not. I bring you what? I bring you good news that will cause what? Great joy for what? All the people today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Bow your heads with me today, if you would. Father, thank you that we may not know where we stand, but Jesus, you came to comfort us that where we stand, as long as we believe in you, is made right. So Lord, I pray, speak through me, open up hearts and minds that they hear, And God, may we understand before we leave here today that this Christmas season, we can stand right before you, no matter where we're at in life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, it's interesting that here's an angel that goes and he goes to, he goes to Joseph, he goes to Mary, and he goes to the shepherds, uh, and he heralds the amazing news of a Savior being born. Now, if you were wealthy in the biblical times, remember this was taking place, if you were wealthy, you would actually hire somebody and they would go through the streets and they would proclaim to those in the streets, hear ye, hear ye, today in the house of Jeremiah is born a son and he is called whoever. And that is exactly what they would do in biblical times. And so here we see an angel by God, sent by God to a bunch of shepherds taking care of sheep in a field. Why? Why would God choose the most important night in history to to send an angel to a bunch of shepherds? Remember, if you don't know much about shepherds, shepherds were on watch 24-7. They were not religious people. Why didn't God send the angel to the Pharisees? Why didn't he send it to the religious people of the day? Why did he send an angel to talk to shepherds? Because let me just face it, Let me just be honest with you today. Shepherds were not the wanted work in life in those days. If you were a shepherd, you were looked down upon culturally. Uh, You were an outcast of culture. You could not take care of your sheep in town. You had to be out in the fields. You were an outcast of society. You were simple, uneducated, and quite honestly, very poor and abysmal kind of lifestyle. So why did God take and send a message through a herald angel to this group of people that were the outcasts, the uneducated, the the down and outers of life. 
Why did God pick this process? Well, I want to tell you three reasons why, and then three ways that we can come and make ourselves right with God. The first one is this. These shepherds definitely felt very unworthy. I don't know about you, but I feel this way sometimes. These shepherds would have been nomads. They would not really have had a necessarily home. They definitely would not have had a place to worship or a temple. Um, they hung with sheep all day long. They smelt. I'm sure they had a smell to them. They were dirty. Um, they were spiritually immature. And many of us today, maybe you feel that way. Maybe you feel like you are unworthy of God's love and acceptance. Uh, maybe you do something wrong and you feel insecure. Maybe you do have bad thoughts and you feel like, oh, I've disappointed God. Uh, you look at other Christians, you go, they look like they got it all together. And so you compare yourself and it's not right there. I mean, some of you today say this, my kids are fortunate to make it to church today alive after this morning getting them ready, right? The thoughts that go through your mind, oh, Lord, help me. It happens. And so sometimes we feel very unworthy, even like the shepherds would have felt, of his amazing love. Second thought is this. I'm sure they felt inadequate. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes we get caught up in the curse of comparing. I'm sure the shepherds would have looked around at different people that had showered that month and thought, I don't compare to them. I'm sure the shepherds would have looked around at people who had more than they had. They had a roof over their head. Maybe they had food in their stomach, and the shepherds would not. And we do that every day. Ladies, you do that yourself. You compare to other ladies around you. You look at their hair, and you go, how they get their hair to look that way and do that. I can't believe it. They, you know, you're like, you walk in their house, and it's just like, it smells good, and it's clean. And you're like, wow, how do they do it? My house has had a smell for three weeks. I don't know where it's coming from, but it's not good, right? Uh, it's not clean. You know, you may compare different things. Men, you do the same thing. You compare other fathers to other, other fathers. You look around, you go, I don't quite measure up. And you compare income to income. And I can't get my kids all this stuff. And I can't get them that for Christmas. And so we have this curse of comparing. I know Myself, I compare in my occupation to being a pastor. You shouldn't, but I compare myself to other pastors, to other churches. And I look at them and I go, oh, you know, I, I'm not equaling out. I'm not adequate enough. I'm not measuring up. And so we have this same very challenging thing. Uh, we feel inadequate. We feel inadequate to do what God has called us to do. The shepherds, they couldn't keep the Sabbath because they had to watch their sheep. They couldn't... Uh, they couldn't leave their sheep to go do anything else. They had to take care of them. They couldn't attend church. They felt very inadequate. They felt also unworthy. And the last thing that I see the shepherds struggle with that we all can relate to is I'm sure they felt very unloved. I'm sure they felt unloved. They were the outcast. They were the, they were the ones that a lot of thieves would have lived with shepherds because they were the outcasts and they would take them in and, and allow them to work. A lot of people that had been kicked out of cultural, uh, cultural situations would have gone and landed with the shepherds. I'm sure the shepherds felt like us, many of us do at times, very unloved and very unworthy and very inadequate. Some of you today, maybe dad left when you were a child and that has caused you to feel unloved. Maybe mom wasn't there, or maybe 
mom had to work or dad had to work, and so you have these feelings of feeling unloved in your life, or maybe you are, got married and your spouse walked out on you and you feel very unloved, or maybe it's all three. I don't know what it is, but so many times we feel unloved. We, we have this low self-esteem. Uh, maybe we're a little overweight and we compare ourselves to someone who isn't, or maybe we're too thin and we compare ourselves to someone who has a better build, whatever it is. We look in the mirror. We don't like what we see. We feel unloved. We feel disgusted. We feel unloved, unworthy, and inadequate. And this is this is why I believe that God came to the shepherds. God didn't come to a king who had it all. He didn't go to kings and kingdoms and princesses and prince and queens. And he went to the lowest of the low and he said, hey, you're so special. You're so valuable. You're so worthy that I'm coming to tell you about the Savior that has been born. How powerful of a, of a picture that should be in our minds to know that the king, uh, the savior of the world, he did not go and proclaim it to the, to the wealthiest, to the, to the high ups, to the ones that culture accepted. He went to the cultural down and out, those who felt unworthy, those who felt inadequate, and those who felt unloved. And I can honestly say, thank God he did that. Because he did that because that's me. Unworthy, inadequate, and many times feel unloved. Many times struggle with the same emotions that the shepherds would have struggled with that night. And for thousands of years, for thousands of years, they had waited for this night. For thousands of years, they had waited for this Messiah to come. And on this night, everything changed. What a strange way for God to save the world. What a strange way that God would come and use a teenage girl to give birth to the Savior of the world for shepherds in the field to hear about it first and come and worship Christ the King. What a strange way that God did it. But ever since that time, religion has tried to figure out a formula to get us to make us feel worthy, to make us feel adequate, and to make us feel loved. And I'm here to tell you today, religion will always lead you failing. It will always lead you false. But Paul talked about this in Romans 3, 20 and 22. It says this, For no one can ever be made right in the eyes of God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are, but now God has shown us a way to be made right without keeping the requirements of the law. Verse 22, we are made right with God. Listen, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. Listen to that. The only way we get made right with God today, the only way we feel worthy, the only way we feel adequate, the only way we feel loved is by understanding that Jesus came. And in his birth and in his life and in his death and praise God in his resurrection, we are found worthy. I want to give you these three thoughts before I leave today. Go ahead. I want to give you three thoughts before you leave here today. Thought number one is this. You cannot earn God's acceptance by observing the law. 
thou shalt not. You cannot be made right with God by thinking, I shall not lie. I shall not steal. I shall not fill in the blank. No, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said all the law can be summarized in two laws. Love the Lord God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And then the second, love your neighbor as yourself. You do these two things, and this will make you feel worthy, adequate, and loved. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So first one is you cannot earn God's acceptance by observing the law. The third, second thing is this. The purpose of the law is to show our need for saving. We need the law to understand that we need a savior. Here's what verse 20 says. It says, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us that we are sinners in need of a savior. In our world today, as a pastor, it's not politically correct to talk about sin, but the fact is all of us have a sin problem. The Bible says that all have sinned. Every single one of us. Turn to your right. Look at the person on your right. Now look at the person on your left. Think about this. They're sinners. And so are you. Right? Turn to them and say, uh, no, I'm just joking. Don't do that. <laughs> Oftentimes, we do that. We compare our sin to the person on our right and the person on our left. Can I just say something today? You're not a sinner because of them. We are sinners because we compare ourselves to God. And God is holy. And God is righteous. And God is just. We are not sinners because he sins or she sins. We are sinners because we sin according to God's holiness. If you've ever told a lie, if you've ever had bad thoughts, if you've ever stolen anything, or if you've ever had uh, things that came to your heart that were not right, we are all in the same boat. We're all sinners. But here's the beautiful part. You cannot be accepted by God just by saying the law is right. And you need to understand that when you see sin in your life, it is not because of what anyone else has done. It's what we've done. But God knows we need a Savior. Number three, here's the last point. Righteousness with God comes by faith in Christ Jesus and in Christ Jesus alone. This is the thing. It's not, by, it's not Christ plus religion. It's not Christ plus church membership. It's not Christ plus giving money to the church or to someone in need. It's not Christ plus good works. It's not Christ plus the do-gooder gang. It is Christ and Christ alone. It is because of what this little baby that we celebrate every year we should celebrate it every day, every second, every minute, because it is Christ and Christ alone. The angel appeared to say to these shepherds who felt so unworthy, so inadequate, so unloved, he said, hey, guess what, guys? I'm going to summarize. This is, this is PKV, Pastor Kevin's version, okay? Here's what he said. Guess what, guys? There is hope for you. The world may have rejected you, shepherds, but God has accepted you because your Savior is being born in the city of David. And they said, let's go find him. 
And what they do? They came and they bowed and they worshiped. See, religion rejected them. God accepted them. Religion is a bunch of do's and don'ts. God, our relationship with God is a bunch of come as you are and I will take care of the rest. Religion says do. Relationship says done. I have done it. I had died for your sins and it is all good. Fear not where you stand for God or where you stand in the eyes of God because of Jesus Christ. We stand righteous because of what Jesus did upon the cross. So we don't stand in ourselves. We stand with what Jesus did, our Savior of the world. But what a strange way to save the world. Will you bow your heads with me today? Father, today we come before you and just like when the angels came and they proclaimed the hope of the world to those shepherds, so many times we feel unworthy like them. We feel inadequate, and honestly, we feel unloved, undeserving of such love and grace, undeserving of the, the amazing gift, the gift of Jesus that you give to us to have the hope of salvation and eternal life. So God, right now in this moment in time, before we get into the chaos and the craziness of the season, we calm ourselves. We take a moment and we acknowledge that Jesus, without you, there is no Christmas. Without your love, without you coming, without the amazing sacrifice that you gave for each and every one of us, there would be no hope. But God, in this moment in time, we acknowledge that we need you, Jesus. We need you to fill in the gaps where we fail. We need you to help us when we fall short. We need you, Jesus, to be our savior to be our hope, to be our friend, to be the one we call on in the darkest, most desperate times of our life. With head bowed and eyes closed today, I just want to take a moment and just, just talk to you, just briefly. Hear me. You may have been invited by someone today. You may have been asked to come and watch a program and watch your grandkids maybe be here today, your niece and nephew. And so you came and you thought, well, I'm just going to go watch a program. Well, I'm here to tell you that I believe that God brought you here to, to let you hear something today. And that what he wants you to hear today is that God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God brought you here to, to let you know and to reassure you that, that he is for you. And you may feel like no one cares. You may feel like you're an outcast of society. You may feel like culturally you don't fit in, or you may feel like you don't quite meet the criteria that it is to be loved by God. But I'm here to tell you, just honestly, you don't. I don't. None of us meet the criteria to be loved by God. But Jesus, this little child, lived his life in such a way that he makes us, he he makes us worthy to be loved by God because of what he did. So we believe him. And this Christmas season, you may feel alone. You may feel scared. 
you may feel overwhelmed. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus can come to you right in that moment, right in this moment, right in that time. He is here for you today with head bowed, eyes closed. Not going to have you raise your hands. Not going to be just right there where you're at. If you're here today and you say, I need the hope of Jesus. I feel so unworthy. I feel so inadequate. I feel like I don't deserve God's love. I don't deserve his forgiveness. I don't deserve his acceptance. But I believe, I believe that a strange way to save the world came through Jesus. And because of that, I trust, say this, I trust you, God, to forgive me of all my sins. And I am made right, not because of me, but because of Jesus. Say that, I'm made right because of Jesus. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for walking with us through the darkest and the most hurtful times. This Christmas season, may it be one of hope, one of joy, and one of reassurance that we are made right with God. I thank you, God. I thank you for being here. I thank you for loving us. May you continue to speak to our hearts in this Christmas season. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com.